There's Miss Me66. Let's open this up to some security questions about hard wallets and so on. Duff, what do you want to ask? Bella, what do you want to ask? Type it, unmute yourself, whatever you prefer. You don't need to put your imaginary one into your hard wallet because it's not going to be valuable. Next question. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> not financial advice. So I'll just ask. So the question um, we'll start it with, like, how do you separate out your wallets and why do you use, like separate them the way that you do? OK, so I have two main wallets. I have my minting wallet and my cold storage wallet. OK, now, obviously, we're talking about these fancy terms as if they're separate things. They're not. When you have a wallet, it's on the, it's on the Ethereum blockchain. OK, the key thing is your private key. Your private key is your keys, right? It's how the public chain knows that you are the person controlling that public address, right? So when we talk about a hot wallet, what we mean is you have put your key into a MetaMask interface, which is connected to the web. And if anyone were to be able to get behind your password, they would be able to access that live wallet, that hot wallet. I keep a hot wallet in order for me to be able to mint. Why? Because a lot of websites, when it comes to minting, grew up with cold storage wallets. And, and if they've oversubscribed or it's, a, or it's a robust mint or it's like a high profile mint, uh, you'll never be able to get hold of the managers, the moderators or anything. You won't have time for them to change over to your other wallet. And uh, usually you'll just lose out on the mint. So I, whenever there's a high profile mint, I do it on my cold storage wallet. One exception was Moonbirds. I did it, sorry, on my, I did it usually on my hot wallet. One exception was Moonbirds because everyone was mumbling that they were checking kind of like the history of your wallet. Have you done stuff? Have you bought things? I don't know if it was true or not, but I thought, you know, given how many whales were buying into that project, they probably didn't screw up uh, on the kind of the cold storage side. And I was correct. So that's the key difference. My cold storage is where I keep everything that I'm holding long term or not kind of flipping regularly. My hot wallet is for minting and for kind of flipping things. Uh, does that answer your question better? It does. The only thing is like, um, why not just always mint directly to your cold, cold wallet? Because as I said, sometimes websites, minting websites have issues. And if there's an issue, there's no one to help you on the minting day usually. Right? What do you do when it's a high-profile mint and you've only got six hours, and all the moderators are losing moderators are losing their minds with tickets and people bitching that they didn't get on the whitelist and all of that? What do you do? I mean, you're never going to get hold of Ledger on Trezor or Grid Plus. So what do you do? You're now it's just not working. Some some you know contract guy didn't work out how to connect the hard wallet. So now what do you do? Bella? Like, I'm just thinking about it because I look at, like, I think of, like, how, like, when I connect it, like, it still goes through MetaMask, but it just, I don't, like, I haven't experienced a problem, so I don't understand how there could be a problem. Well, it's, yeah, there can be a problem because sometimes it just doesn't ping your cold storage and stuff like that. They, they can be more, more problems can happen with a cold storage and a hot wallet, yes, because you just have 
more interactions going on, right? Because remember how it works. In a cold storage wallet, you are pinging the contract. Then it pings your MetaMask and the MetaMask then asks you to sign the MetaMask. And then it's supposed to prompt your cold storage wallet to sign because that's where your key actually is. Every one of those steps can have a problem. And so by adding in your cold storage, you're adding one more step in and potentially one more problem. For the Fat Cats Mint, which, which should be fine on a cold storage wallet, but I strongly suggest you mint on a MetaMask. By the, oh, makes sense. It's just as I say, in a high-profile mint, time is of the essence, and usually there's no one to talk to. That's all. And so because things can anyway go wrong with the reading of wallets and all of that, if they didn't set things up right, you're going to lose out on the mint. That's all. But if it's a lot of money, like a Moonbirds, usually it's okay. Because they take that very seriously, because they know that a lot of their audience are going to be want to be on there. Yeah, yeah. If you if it's a sniping kind of purchase you're doing, you definitely can't cannot do it on your cold storage. Yeah, absolutely. Because there every minute counts. So then what do you think that the risk is by leaving it like so when you're minting it to the hot, right? Or you're putting yes. it in there before you're moving it out to your cold storage, how vulnerable are you in that period of time? Quite vulnerable, but if you keep making new cold storage wallets for minting then you're not as vulnerable, right? That, does that make sense? You can keep you can make cold storage wallets for each mint if it's, if it's if if you want to be very safe. In other words, every time you're done with every time you're done with a kind of a, a a hot wallet, you just kind of delete MetaMask and start again, kind of thing. MH is asking. If you transfer a hot MetaMask wallet to, say, a ledger and then remove the MetaMask extension, mobile, etc., will your seed phrase be considered cold? Yes, but if you've already had a hacker on your computer, they may have got it already, right, MH? Because the moment you've, you've logged into your MetaMask, if someone's lurking over there, they can see what you're doing. So then, Dylan, why don't you go over, like, in, like, in your opinion, what is, like, the ideal security setup? The ideal security setup combined with functionality for the for the work world we live in is to have most of your assets, be it your Ethereum, your USDC, um, and your NFTs in a cold storage wallet, and just the money you need for high-profile mints in a hot wallet. And that hot wallet, you can literally open up every time if you want to, right? You can delete the MetaMask extension and just download MetaMask again and make a new wallet each time. Yes, you're going to get be getting the in our in Fat Cat's case, you're going to be getting the the contract address at least two to three days before. Also, I doubt very much that the website will be hacked because the front website and the and the and with the fatcats.art is the public website which will not have a mint page on it, whereas mint.fatcats.art 
which will be the mint page, is behind a number of firewalls in AWC. They, they're not even hosted on the same server. The two, the two websites may have the same address, but they're hosted on different servers. So that uh, kind of a thief will have a, a complete runaround. We've got a very good security team on that. Daf or Bella, you want to ask, keep asking, or what? Do you sign contracts with your secondary wallet? Yes, I sign pretty much everything with my MetaMask because, sorry, with my cold storage. Because the benefit of signing with the cold storage, right, is that each transaction has to be signed. So even if I, by mistake, sign some contract that gives them too much power, uh, each transaction has to be signed. With the exception of something like OpenSea, though, because when you give OpenSea general permissions, OpenSea can, like, you know, use your NFTs. But even OpenSea is pretty much now renegating it to kind of, like, sign each specific thing. Excuse me. Anything else? Tamara, you want to ask anything? No, I'm good. Thank you, Dylan. Okay, I don't revoke cash stuff, but I often revoke access to different websites. But 